This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. always thinks that they have the right way. They don't. Though it may seem strange, God's way is always perfect. And when, especially when you're going to battle, we need to trust the Lord. You know, we always think we know better than the Lord. God, I think you got it wrong. <laughs> I know you created heaven and earth, but you know what? Listen to me, the Lord. I got a better idea. Yeah, okay. That's why I keep getting into trouble, right? That's why I need a Savior. That's why I need the Lord. Isn't that how we often get into trouble? We think we know better than we actually do. Imagine taking a brilliant scientist and putting them on a fire crew. Would you trust them to put that fire out? They may be brilliant in their field, but the fire crew is going to know much more about putting out fires. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds you that God is the creator of all things. And when it comes to your life, He knows best. Do you trust Him? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. As he begins his message, By Faith They Overcame. faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptian attempted to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Japheth, and also David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens." whom women received their dead raised to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wander about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And as we can see the closing of chapter 11, verses 29 to 40, we see the children of Israel. We're going to look at the children of Israel. We're going to look at Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, 
David and Samuel. So more Hall of Faithers that we're going to look at. Now, our study is divided into two sections. In verses 29 to 30, verses 29 to 30, we'll see those by faith the Old Testament overcame. By faith the Old Testament saints overcame. And those who live by faith, in verses 39 to 40, they received a better promise. That's in verses 39 and 40. They received a better promise. Well, we read the text. Let's look at it verse by verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29. The writer of Hebrew writes this. By faith, they, now he's speaking of the children of Israel, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptian attempting to do so were drowned. So now the writer of Hebrews, he points out people. He made names of some of these Hall of Faithers. Now he's talking about the children of Israel. And he takes us to the account that's found in Exodus chapter 14, where the Egyptians pursued the children of Israel after they uh, fled Egypt, that is. And so now the children of Israel, as they make it to the Red Sea, they're now trapped So in front of them, they have the Red Sea. Behind them, they hear chariots. They hear the army of Egypt pursuing them. And then now you have mountains to the left and the right of them. So they couldn't go right or left. And people would say, why didn't they go right or left? Because there were mountains. You had families. You have the elderly. You have children. You have, they were carrying a lot of possessions with them. So it would be difficult to make these mountains. So there was nowhere for them to go. And so... We see now in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 14, it tells this, and at this point, as the children of Israel are trapped, it says, and the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptian marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And so now we see the children of Israel, at this point, the children of Israel were being led by the Lord. And it tells us how. It tells us in Exodus that they were led by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And now they're trapped. And what happens now? They take their eyes off the Lord and they look at their enemies now pursuing them. And now they are afraid. And what do they do? They start complaining. They start complaining. And they said to Moses, because there were enough graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die here in the desert, in the wilderness? Now, this really speaks to us because, you know, when we take our eyes off God and we start looking at the troubles that we're going through, we too, like the children of Israel, would start to fear. How many times we've done that? We go through these trials and tribulations. You know, we're doing great. We're in our mountain. You know, we're, we're worshiping the Lord. Things are going great. Now, here comes the trials and tribulations. Here comes the chariots. You know, problems, trials, and tribulations are now coming barreling into your life. And what do you do now? Now you keep your eyes on the problem. You take your eyes off the Lord. There is fear. And we see that also in the gospel. You remember when Peter saw Jesus walking on water? He said, Peter saw Jesus walking on water in the Sea of Galilee. He's in the boat. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And the Lord said, well, yeah, come on, Peter. But all of a sudden, as he starts walking to the Lord Jesus, he sees now the wind is coming into the sea. And all of a sudden now becomes boisterous and it just starts shaking the boat. He starts looking at the wind and the storm. He took his eyes off of Jesus. And what happens? Blah, 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 blah. Started drowning, Right? And that happens to us all the time, doesn't it? 
We have our faith and trust. We are believers in Christ. We have all these promises. The Bible is filled with promises from Genesis to Revelation. We know about these promises. We know about these faith. But when we go through these trials and tribulations, all of a sudden now, we take our eyes off the Lord. And there goes fear. Just like the children of Israel. Just like Peter. And we do that quite often, don't we? We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's what happens. We get sometimes so consumed with what we're dealing with, we get our eyes off the Lord and we don't spend time with the Lord. But I love what Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 it says, Be anxious for nothing but everything in prayer and supplication. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding with God, your heart and your mind. You know, it's a simple verse. It, to sum it all up, it just means worry about nothing but pray about everything. And quite often we forget we have a God that's bigger than our problem. How many problems we've been through in life? You know, and not that we want to look back, but, you know, we've been so consumed by problems. And guess what? Your whole life is filled with problems. All of our lives are filled with problems. And then we go over it. Okay, it's like we forgot. Another problem comes. It's nothing new. It's going to pass as long as you trust in the Lord. Don't keep your eyes off the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't look to the problem. And look to the Lord. We look to Jesus, not the problem. He is our hope. Our faith is in him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. This is looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author. It all started with him when we surrender our lives to him. And he will be with us till we stand in glory. Like it tells us, he who began a good work in you will complete unto the day of Christ. He's always working in our lives. God is always working in our lives. And quite often we let the trials and tribulation, you know, consumes us. But God is bigger than our problem. He's bigger than our problem. Now, back to the story of Exodus chapter 14, the children of Israel, they started complaining, and that's what people do. They're professional complainers. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 to 14, it says this, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's for you and I. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God, the Lord says, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Now, to them was the Egyptians. The application for us is that, yeah, we'll see the enemies, but when we trust in the Lord, it'll go away. God is faithful to sustain you and to keep you. And he says in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Totally opposite of fear. Peace. Look to Jesus Christ. Don't look at the problem. And so what happened after that, you know, you know the story. You know, picture Charles Heston, right? It's not exactly, but it's the, I love that movie. And you see, be still, man. It just gives me chills, man. It wasn't Moses, by the way. It was the Lord. So the sea was parted. They went through. They went through. Now they had faith. They obeyed this here. After this complaint, they obeyed the Lord. They weren't afraid to see the salvation of the Lord. They stood still. They watched Moses. The Lord used Moses. The board parted the Red Sea, and they were able to walk. They didn't stay back. It says they went through, 
And so by faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. That's the first thing. The second thing the children of Israel showed faith is by the story of the walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho. They marched around the walls of Jericho. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, it says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. And so now the writer of Hebrew takes it from Exodus chapter 14, takes us to the book of Joshua, Joshua. And it's important for you students to understand what he has done here. He went from Moses, Exodus to Joshua, to the book of Joshua. And there's something else that the Lord used him because of faith. It's been 40 years, 40 years. When they had faith the first time, when they passed through the Red Sea, and until they marched around the walls of Jericho, 40 years. What happened with those 40 years? You remember, right? We studied this in Hebrews chapter 3. Because of unbelief, they did not make it to the promised land. Unbelief in that 40 years. 40 years, that generation had to die because of unbelief. You remember in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 when they sent out the spy, Moses sent out the spies, 12 spies, and only two came back. There was 10 to say, oh, we can't fight those giants. You know, yeah, we're supposed to take over that. We can't fight them. 10. And those 10 kind of brought that negative vibe to the whole congregation. They believed the 10 rather than the two said, no, we can do it. Joshua and Caleb. And because of unbelief, what happened? The writer of Hebrews, remember we're in chapter 3 of Hebrews. Is it because of unbelief, they did not enter the promised land. So the writer of Hebrews here speaks of two Times where the children of Israel were known for their faith, going through the Red Sea, and now skipping the 40 years, because they didn't have faith there. There was unbelief. Now Jericho, Josh, in Joshua chapter 6. And what happened? The Lord tells him, okay, you're going to take over. You're going to conquer Jericho. But Jericho has these walls, these massive walls. There were two layers of walls. It was impossible to penetrate it. It was impossible to climb it. And so the Lord said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have your seven priests. You're going to have seven trumpets and the Ark of the Covenant. And for six days, you're going to go around the walls of Jericho. You're going to march around once for six days straight. Go around. Day two, go around. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. And seven times from there, you're going to blow the trumpet and you're going to make a shout. Now, knowing me, if I was there, I says, Lord, Really? That's how we're going to win the battle. You know how thick those walls are. We already eliminate the element of surprise because we're shouting, right? How are we going to, we're shouting. Uh, I think let's do this secretly. Don't you think so? Lord, I got a better way. Why don't we just get a bunch of ladders, just go over the walls and, you know. I mean, think about it. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. How are you going to defeat, how are you going to take over Jericho? How are you going to penetrate the walls? I mean, the military experts who study battles and wars. I'm not going to adapt this. Hey, you know, we're going to war. (laughs) Yeah, why don't we do like they did in Jericho? You know, let's just go with trumpets. Put our weapons aside. And it's weird. This method is weird. But by faith, they obeyed the Lord. They did exactly as the Lord said to do. And guess what? The walls came tumbling down. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. It's important to note, though, that this is not a military victory, but this is a spiritual victory. And that's why when we, we start, you know, 
looking at ways that may seem the right way, intelligent, or we get experts, but we forget about God's way, and we try relying on experts. Guess what? We have all the technology in the world, right, to heal people. We're still sick. We have all the universities. We're still ignorant. Man always thinks that they have the right way. They don't. Though it may seem strange, God's way is always perfect. And when, especially when you're going to battle, we need to trust the Lord. You know, we always think we know better than the Lord. God, I think you got it wrong. <laughs> I know you created heaven and earth, but you know what? Listen to me, the Lord. I got a better idea. Yeah, okay. That's why I keep getting into trouble, right? That's why I need a savior. That's why I need the Lord. And we think that our battles, you know, it's beyond flesh and blood, right? That's what Paul tells us. He wrote the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and in heavenly places. And you know, this is important because we too have been battling and we've been outside the walls. There may be walls around your heart. There may be walls between you and your loved ones, your spouse, your children, your in-laws. Sometimes we put up the walls. And it is by faith that these walls will come down. It's not by therapy or counseling. Man's ways have never been right. But it's by God's way. And though it may seem weird, it may be ludicrous. And you may have your friends say, really? Is that? Yeah, it's strange, but I'm going to follow the Lord. God knows best. And we see how God works. It's like, it doesn't make sense, but you be obedient. And you find, wow, the Lord knows. He knew exactly what to do. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. The prophet Isaiah writes this, for my thoughts, this is the Lord speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my way, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Always remember that. Because when you think you know more than God, what happens? You tend to act upon your experience or your wisdom, the little wisdom that we have, right? And when you move forward, God steps back. God says back because we mess it up. And then we got to go back to the law. I tried. Well, I told you, right? You crashed into the wall for the fifth time and now you're coming to me. The Lord knows his ways are better. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Romans chapter 11, verse 34 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Does the Lord has a counselor? No. (laughs) Who knows his mind? We don't know. Because if you could figure God out, that's a small God. Your small brain could figure out God, then that's a small God. Let him know to know the mind of the Lord, who put all things together. The scientists are still trying to figure out. God put it all together. I would trust in the Lord. He knows more. So remain faithful to the Lord and believe that by faith... If you have any walls between you and your relation in your family, you know, by faith, these walls can come down. And so by faith, the children of Israel trust in the Lord, follow the Lord, and the walls of Jericho came down. We now move from the children of Israel to the next hall of faither and is one of my favorites, actually, um, Rahab the harlot. 
it's amazing that an harlot, a Gentile harlot, she's not Jewish. Rahab is a Gentile woman. She's a harlot. And she's mentioned in the hall of faith. Two great reasons. Two great reasons. And it hits me every time. When I know, when you know who this woman was and how God used her. She's in the hall of faith. Let's read. Rahab. The verse 31, it says, by faith... The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Now, the writer of Hebrews is writing this time also in the Old Testament. And this goes further back before the walls of Jericho that came down. There were two spies that went to Jericho and they came across Rahab. And so Rahab heard and knew of these two. So she kind of hid them, protect them from the king of Jericho. It's amazing. She wasn't there to see the nine plagues that set the children of Israel free. She wasn't there to see the walls of the Red Sea part, but she believed. She believed. It was her faith. She believed without seeing. And so it's what she says. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Listen, I know you're taking over Jericho. And she went on to say, and we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites. She knew of their reputation. It's different today. Today we have anti-Semitism, isn't it? That's opposite, right? You know that God worked with Israel and the land of Israel and the people of Israel. But she knew it. And here's what she said. This is what kind of seals it all up right here. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, she says this, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Wow, what faith. Never experienced what the children of Israel experienced. Never saw the miracle and the supernatural things God has done, but yet she believed. So we have a Gentile heart in the hall of faith, but there's a second thing that blows my mind. I know it's going to blow your mind too. The second thing about her that included her in the hall of faith is that this Gentile harlot, Rahab, was the mother of Boaz. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot King David. And who came from King David? Jesus Christ. Think about it. Rahab, a Gentile harlot, is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You don't believe it? Read Matthew chapter 1. She's listed there. So the Messiah, the Mashiach of the Old Testament, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in his genealogy, is a Gentile harlot. That's beautiful. Because it shows that it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, it's where you're going and who you believe in. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.